I'm a narrow cat, no wide flows. African descent, that's why I got the wide nose. With my kinky hair and black skin, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's in the image of a god that is beautiful. And whose infinite word is immutable. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of HBCU, where we are healing brown communities unconditionally. You are here with your host, Akima. And Macau. Yeah, he's here too, guys, hanging out, hanging out. <laughs> always. <laughs> um, we are super, we're always super excited to um, get another episode here going with you all. And today... I want to just kind of chime in if you happen to be a business owner or if you are an aspiring entrepreneur. Listen, guys, when we are talking about healing, we're going to be talking about all of the things. And today, McCall and I, to the best of our abilities, we're going to be sharing some tidbits, some jewels, some nuggets about opening up your market. So, um, Tune in, grab paper and pen, or I guess I'm dating myself talking about paper and pen, Makai. I guess they, they have some sort of electronic. And, and, and Akeem is always telling me about showing our agents. Interesting. We're going to go ahead and take note of that today. But listen, I'm a pen and paper kind of girl, you know. <laughs> when I went to college, we had pen and paper, and kids nowadays probably just write in the air, you know. I don't know what they're doing. Actually... Yeah. With all this virtual learning, I know they're using technology. Anyhow, we don't want to digress. We don't want to digress. We're going to talk about opening up your market. So I know it's like, well, opening up my market, Kima McCall. So what is marketing? So a good textbook definition of what marketing is, is that marketing is an activity or a set of institutions or a process of creating, communicating, delivering, exchanging offerings that have value for customers, clients, partners, or even society at large. That means that you do something, be it a product or a service, or my public speakers or my YouTubers or whatever it is that you do, and somebody gives you money in exchange for what you do. Absolutely. And, um, you know, and this year has been a big year, um, considering things that are going on socially and in our communities. For There are a lot of business. There's a lot of opportunity for business ownership. I agree. To jump off. And so marketing and opening up our market is more relevant because now we've got a major influx of black owned um, business owners and entrepreneurs. And so I do truly believe that this topic can be extremely helpful because as um, many of you already know, or those who are new to the show, Akima and I both are running our own um, Black-owned businesses, and we've got experience. Akeem's experience is a little more vast than mine. Here you um, go. To this day, he's so know. humble. He's so humble, y'all. He has hit the market running, running. Okay. You know, I'm still, I'm still lacing my shoes up, and um, <laughs> we're gonna hit this track in a minute. 
But we're, we're literally about to hit this track. <laughs> absolutely. But actually, topic, we both hit the track earlier today because for you all who don't know, Mikhail is a product of his business. I do want to shout him out. He is definitely diligent with his health, his wellness, and his fitness, and it is very admirable, sir. As are you. And so um, it's interesting that Akima has said that because that is a part of what it is being a, a business owner. You know, what kind of relationship do you have with the service and the products that you provide and that you're selling to other people? Because that's going to go into your ability to market, open up conversation about what it is that you do, the services that you provide, et cetera. And um, with that said, Akima, do you have anything that you want to chime in on specifically as we transition into these, um, these wonderful points? Absolutely. I just wanted to plug really quickly. Thanks, Mikhail, for making space for me. I just wanted to plug that I think that there's a difference between running a business and having a hobby. And so we are definitely digging into, I think, today's conversation more into the hobby, um, more into the business opposed to the hobby. Now, I do believe that you can have a hobby that becomes so passionate that it can turn into a business. And I think we need to be wise, but just for those who don't necessarily know, like, well, do I have a hobby? Um, or do I run a business? Because I've actually heard that complaint where people are like, oh man, people are not running this business. This is a hobby. I mean, I hear a lot of folks giving, you know, giving flack. And I think that we have an opportunity to assist because, you know, in helping to build up our communities, I wanted to talk about that. So you can have a hobby where it's just like an activity that you just do kind of leisurely for pleasure. And it's cool to have hobbies. You know, you might make jewelry as a hobby, but it may not be a business. And so how do I transition? Like I just make jewelry jewelry for me and like my girlfriends or for my nieces and then a business of course this is the practice of making a living and engaging in an actual commerce and I just kind of wanted to plug that Mikhail because if you are listening to this podcast you're listening to HBCU today and you want to change your hobby into a business Mikhail and I are definitely going to um, drop a few jewels here absolutely and I think that's a very relevant point because you and I uh, once again are living examples and testimonies for um, marketing and using and utilizing and having experience with the services that we provide. And I know it came in like myself to kind of segue into the discussion. I had no plans on being a business owner and actually marketing um, the services and the products that I use. And there was a point of transition where that hobby had to actually go onto paper and I had to, and I'm going to make up a word y'all. I'm going to say unhobby, even though that's not in the dictionary, but you really want to pull back those layers of, of casual behavior. Absolutely. And you know, cause we, we can casually fall into routines and things of that nature. And that's what we were talking about with hobbies. But when those things become business practices and you're talking about marketing, you know, there's going to be a transition of exactly what you do, how you do things, and um, the way that you're able to communicate with your clients and customers. Absolutely, absolutely. And so one layer to pull back, um, and Mikhail, I guess I'll, I'll start this off as a question opposed to just feeling like I wanna make a comment. Do you feel that it's necessary if you're running your business that you have a storefront, for example? Do you think you need to have a storefront to run a successful business? I did not believe, and it's interesting, we started talking about technology mm -hmm. in the very beginning of this. Um, 
technology is always evolving and it's allowing so many new and innovative avenues for business owners and small business owners. And this is, we didn't like, let me say this real quick, y'all. Real quick. <laughs> anyone at the bus stop and we're just going to take off. We yeah. understand the finances, the time, the thought, the energy, the planning that comes into developing a business. And, you know, for small business owners, technology is such a wonderful thing in the advancement of technology. So, Akima, to answer your question, I do not believe that a storefront is absolutely necessary because now even the way that we're recording this podcast is virtual. And you mm -hmm. see people have a lot of virtual, so to speak, storefronts, and they're absolutely. able to create these spaces in um, virtual capacities. And um, we'll be able to, to go further into that. Awesome. And I agree with you, Mikhail. I don't believe that you need to have a storefront. Um, I think e-commerce and utilizing various platforms, none of them sponsor this show, so I'm not about to shout them out, but you can create online stores um, and using social media. Like, can we talk about that a little bit? I, I have heard, and I'm like saying I heard, because when you're a business owner, even though you don't always have the time to... Um, even though you don't always have the time to go all into all the nuances of what's happening, especially in social media, um, it is a place to open up your market. And so there are um, algorithms and people think that there's like tricks and, oh, for every third post, you need to talk about your kitten. And then you talk about your business. And then you talk about something that's happening in media. And I'm just kind of like, use your social media platform. I can't say that I necessarily use any of those um, tricks because of the way I use social media. Um, I use it for my advantage. You know, it is a place where potential customers and current clients are. And it's a place to get the word out really quickly to a lot of people. And when you offer good service and when you offer a good product, this is a way to open up your market because when you put content out there and you put material out there, you are literally giving people um, items to utilize to help you to promote and market your business. And for anyone who's thinking, oh man, well, I'm being too self-indulgent, or there's a term that, and I'm going to say a term, I'm not, we're not talking about this term tonight, but there is a term that like, I think is overutilized on social media, and it's the word narcissism or narcissist. Um, I don't think talking about your own business is narcissistic, because it's kind of like, if I don't promote my business, like who else is going to promote my business? And so you can't be fearful, because these companies, when you're out there, like right now, we're using all these terms about marketing, and I can tell you, my phone is sitting two seconds from me and it's going to be all kinds of marketing things that are going to be marketed to me because uh, Google and, and their best friends and their mama and them are all sitting here listening to my conversation and then they're going to remarket back to me the things that they're hearing me say right now. And so you as a business owner that doesn't have the funds or doesn't have the resources available, utilizing social media to open your market is important. So getting your content out there. Now I will tell you, I think that your content needs to continue to be polished. And what do I mean? I was talking with a young lady a few days ago and she is starting her own business. And once it's um, established, I will be promoting her business for her like I do for all my friends who have businesses. And she was like, oh, well, I don't know how good my logo looks. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, your logo. Cause I was telling her about my original logo, which she knew. I said, do you remember that whack logo that I had when I first started uh, Princess Akima Holistic Care? And she was like, oh yeah, the one with the apple. Shout out to my original designer, but it was kind of blase and it was a little whack, but guess what? <laughs> It, it was no, no ball compliment for everybody <laughs> it was but you have to be able to look where you've come from and be like oh man I came up but I used to put that thing out there and people were telling people and people were signing up for appointments and as I continued to perfect the craft of what I did um you know I changed my logo and I love the logo that I have now and I'm sharing this as a bit of a knowledge piece right so as we are talking about sharing knowledge with one another like don't worry like oh my gosh is this perfect no and it's never going to be perfect you're going to continue to evolve and get better and sharpen your gift and your craft if you have a desire to do so but don't be scared and that's definitely you know the term and I love this like scared money don't make no money like I believe that wholeheartedly and then two if you're so nervous that you're not even talking about your business, the whole opening up your market isn't happening because you're not even marketing, let alone opening up your market. So I wanted to um, touch on a couple of words. You threw out some good terminology here. Um, I like that we opened up the conversation about narcissism and two other words that I want to talk about, professionalism yeah. versus personality. And um what am I saying? Because we're still talking about, you know, opening up your marketing on social media. Someone like myself, and I'll use myself as an example. I've got a personal page and I've got a professional so-called business page. I am going to have to find, I don't even want to call it a middle ground because the two are completely separate from each other. And I like how you brought up the word narcissism because social media, for the most part, and I'm not saying that this is what people do or this is a part of everyone's personality so i don't want i don't want to dare give everyone the impression that i'm just boxing everybody into one space but when you go into social media on a personal level to a degree you are drawing attention to something whether it's yourself people taking pictures of food i mean you want to you want people to see and you want this social media network to see what it is that you are either doing, what you have, what you possess, so on and so forth. Now, what Akima said is very true. When you go and switch into that lane, into that mind frame of professional and business, and you're doing a social media page, narcissism is a very good thing. As long as, and I'm gonna throw another word out here, Akima, we need to have a plan. Plan, plan, plan. It is huge because you don't want to just throw random things out here and um, making social media work for you. I'm, I'm going to say something that I've noticed that came up um, when I'm looking through, I mean, businesses and I'm looking at, I've got a lot of fellow business owners mm -hmm. who follow me and I follow them. I know this and I'm not taking any shots at anybody, but I want us to be very careful in how to take detailed. Some shots. He about to take some shots. Any, anytime yeah. I say I'm not going to take shots, I just want you guys to know that I'm going to swing. So <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But on a serious note, um, we've got to address some of what I would, I wouldn't necessarily call them bad habits, but again, we want to be very intentional with how we're presenting information, how we're presenting products. So when we're on social media, we want to make sure that we're not really taking selfies. 
unless, and this, what do I mean, Macau? I can take a picture of myself and say, hey, I'm the business owner of Macau Halloween Wellness, and I take a picture of myself and I put it on my page. Now, do I have anything branded on my body or on my person that is going to warrant or justify me taking a picture of myself as it relates to my business and the products that I'm selling? And, um, you know, for me, that brings up another point of targeting audiences, Akima. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of your experiences in, in being able to target going from the, the initial process of setting up your business and then realizing that, you know, I'm going to start to specifically target certain populations so that I can make sales? It's funny. When I first started out uh, and starting to work with like, you know, I'm a believer in soliciting help from people who know what they're doing. So what do I mean? Like I paid graphic designers. Um, I actually have someone that manages my social media. Shout out to my social media manager. So if y'all follow me on Instagram, that business page on Facebook, or if we're connected on LinkedIn, that's not me because that's not my thing. One, I don't have time for it. I'm probably not creative enough. And I'm out here trying to make sure people get healed. So I'm just kind of like, I have someone who does that. So in terms of, um, in terms of targeting audiences, I, because because unfortunately the people who come to me tend to be um, present with some sort of sickness and illness. You know, my target audience is a little unique in that way. Um, and it's really hard because, you know, if, if I were a personal trainer, right. And so someone could be like, Oh, I'm trying to get six pack abs. Or if I were a um, esthetician and it's like, Oh, Kima, I keep breaking out of my forehead, you know, although come to me with your breakouts on your forehead, because I can tell you what's going on inside, why you are breaking out on your forehead. Um, But the people that I I don't necessarily target, I'm an information sharer. And I think what happens with my particular business is that when you're sharing information, at some point, something you're sharing is going to resonate with someone. So I'm not necessarily like, I'm going to put this one post out there. I'm going to send this one email to my distribution group, and I'm going to get 25 appointments in the next three days. No, I'm constantly sharing information because I think I have a responsibility as a business owner that even for the ones that don't necessarily come to me I want to share information and then over time people begin to trust you and any um, new business owner that I've worked with I have used this term over and over and over and it's building consumer confidence and so when you're targeting your audience your audience has to know and believe that you actually know what you're talking about and I think that goes back to the beginning of the podcast when you were talking about what's the relationship between you and your business like if I'm just sitting out here trying to I don't know, everybody's trying to sell something like people like, oh, I'm selling hand sanitizer because they, you know, they're capitalizing on this pandemic and people's fear. Am I saying that you shouldn't do that? No, not necessarily, but don't like get surprised when someone who's been talking about hygiene and health and, um, you know, maybe they have a science background, maybe a little bit more successful in their approach when they're talking about viruses and disease, and you jump out there with little knowledge, just trying to capitalize, and maybe you're not as successful. So for me, sharing information, building that consumer confidence, and being consistent so that when people are like, oh, they have something that comes up, I want my name and I want my business to be the first thing that they think about as it relates to the things that I've put out there that I am dare I say, am I being narcissistic, you know, the expert on? <laughs> and um, I, I like, again, these topics are, are, are critical to developing a business, um, sharing knowledge, 
sharing knowledge is very critical. And the reason I say that is because one, if I did not have people who were genuine and willing to put information out there about products that I sell. So those of you guys listening, I run Macau Halim Wellness on, um, which is you can find on Instagram and Facebook at Macau Halim underscore wellness. But um, I sell sea moss and I started off selling sea moss gel and um, raw bulk sea moss soaps, sugar scrubs, body butters and things of that nature. Now, the reason I bring that up is I just started off with the sea moss and even with the sea moss alone, I had to learn. I had to learn what I was doing. I had to learn what sea moss was, why it was beneficial for, for people of color and things of that nature. And without those individuals who were willing to share their knowledge and to go onto a YouTube, because we're still talking about social media as well, guys, and who were willing to go onto a YouTube and develop a YouTube channel. And I mean, I've sat and watched, I can't even tell you guys how many wonderful, wonderful people who are out here in the world um, doing things that are similar to what I'm doing. And they've given me avenues and, and literally instructions. Some of these videos are instructional. And those people didn't have to do that, it came up. They didn't have to go through, take time out of their day. They didn't get money. And I mean, I don't know, a lot of people have a lot of followers and views on YouTube. I don't know how the money works with that. But I don't think that was their intent when they sat down to make tutorials to help people such as ourselves to transition into, you know, being able to, to make and market these certain products and services. And I think that that speaks to, so again, guys, you know, we, we're talking about healing in our community. I think one of the huge things, and there's probably like 15 million huge things, but what Mikhail just spoke to was like, why would I be afraid to share knowledge and share information that could help another business owner to be successful? And I can tell you right now, people are afraid to share information because what if I, just what if I share something with Mikhail? And Macau's business gets bigger than mine, and Macau and Macau makes more money than me. Or the the customer that would have come to me, they go to Macau instead. So I dare not share his information on my social media. Because it, is that crabs in the barrel? I hear, Kima. It is. It is, guys. And you know, we're making we're making light of it because we're not coming for anyone. Like you know, when you have strongholds and when you have mindsets that drive the way you think and conduct yourself in life personal or business we want to tear these things down we want to talk about them and we want to bring these giants down because these are the things that hold you back as an individual and the things that hold us back as a people like i want to share information that's going to help someone because i want to build things that outlive me you know, so I'm opening up my market beyond my generation. And I know we do not have time on today's episode to go into the fullness of what that is, but we're going to, we, we've talked and we will continue to talk about this generational wealth, but I love what you just said, Mikhail, about how others have helped you. And I have people too, who I know I am standing on their shoulders as they have pushed me up and elevated me and they've made it easier for me. So part of opening up your market and I think one of the things that I want to speak to right now is just pride, pride and not 
being the success that you foresee. So you don't want to give help. You don't want to get help. You don't want to ask for, um, for referrals. You don't want to partner with other people, even to people who may have come to you in the past and reaching back out to them. When you're talking about opening up your market, you have to also make yourself vulnerable. You know, being a business owner is a very vulnerable place, especially if you are like me, who runs Princess Akima Holistic Care since we plug in our businesses and you only work for yourself. Like if I don't get a client and if I do not sell products, I do not make money that day. So my clients, shout out to all of you all who allow me to partner with you, know that I am always asking, hey, if you know someone else who can benefit, absolutely. I think and opening up our market. Yes, be strategic and have the whiteboards and do those things. But listen, guys, be vulnerable, be humble, ask for help, help somebody else out. And I think that that's going to help kind of fold back into one, us healing as a community. And maybe we build some better habits in generations to come. You know, I, I want to make mention of something beautiful that I recently saw. And this is just in reference to Mikhail. And I always like talking about his business because he's an amazing business owner. But he recently oh, did a, um, <laughs> he, he does, he, I mean, he is, and I'm gonna give credit where credit's due. No, I appreciate but he was doing that. a pop-up um, selling, you know, all of his wellness products and his son was with him. And I was just like, I was taken back by just watching that. And it left such an impression because, you know, culture is taught through examples being set. You know, you can like talk somebody to death and it's like, that's cool. Lecture people, you know, write a book, do a thing, right? Listen to this podcast. Please listen to this podcast. But we teach culture through demonstration. And so he was literally there teaching his son how we run business, how we engage customers, how we embrace our return customers, how we set up. Like I, the whole presentation of it was great. But the most impactful thing that I saw was his son sitting there watching his father. Like I can't even begin to tell you how amazing that was. I appreciate that. And um, I'll piggyback off of that because I have a text, um, a book here. More so, I was going to say a text. Oh, uh, there's a book a called The book. Growth. <laughs> and the book is called The Growth Mindset. And we're kind of in the space of, of maintaining a growth mindset because when you're running a business, uh, you all, it's, we could be talking about riding a bike. We could be talking about learning how to swim. We could be talking about being on the track team. And I'm not trying to use sports or only as examples, but it could be anything. You're developing a business. I'm like, some of us didn't run track, so. <laughs> <laughs> at all at all neither did i neither did i but i'm really speaking to the process and the growth that takes place once you decide that you're going to do something to bringing that process to completion there's a maturity that takes place naturally even when we're talking about healing we could be talking about the immune system uh, uh recovering from something there's a process that takes place in order to achieve the results that you're looking for and things mature as as we feed and we give constructive information and, and we provide constructive outlooks on things. And um, with that, I'll just go ahead and, and, and I want you guys to curb, there was a TV show I was, I was talking to it came about, Curb Your Enthusiasm used to come on television. And I'm sure some of those reruns might be on, on YouTube or something. But as a business owner, you really want to, Akima said humble. The word humble is huge here. 
because you can jump out there and you're excited. And I'm a school teacher, y'all. You know, the first day of school, you're just ready to go in there and you have this big old plan and you're going to change lives. And, you know, that's very enthusiastic. It's very positive. It's good energy. But how are we going to grow and mature and to see the details of this process actually playing out? Come on. And, um, you know, maturing as a business owner and being alive and available. And as uh, uh, Tony Morrison said, just being present. That's a huge word for me. Being present throughout this entire process is going to help you and um, help you to grow and become a successful business owner. Absolutely. Um, a few additional things as we're um, wrapping up here that I know that I want to make sure, like if I was to say, oh man, opening up your market, like if y'all don't remember nothing that Kima says today, these are a few things, you know, we, we talked about the pride and the humility. Um, I want to talk about strength in numbers, okay? And I know we always think about strength in numbers as it relates to sales. And I think that as a business owner, you do need to think about profits and you need to think about return on investment. Um, and that's absolutely like things that, you know, if you're listening, you're like, I don't know nothing about that. Then, you know, find someone that like Makai was saying that helped that can help you and walk you through those things. But strength in numbers and building your business, even if you are a solopreneur, um, speaking about making up words, I know I hear people say it all the time, but I really don't know if that word is in the, in the dictionary, but there is strength in numbers. Like you can have the passion and the vision, but no, to kind of have that thing to jump off, you may not be the only um you may not be the only one involved in that process. Also to the benefit of um, belonging to a community and having community. And really when I use the word community, I am saying relationships, you know, relationships are pivotal. And so it doesn't mean this is not like an introvert, outrovert, kind of, uh, outrovert. <laughs> I just said outrovert, y'all. <laughs> Look, y'all, we create our own vocabulary here at HBC. <laughs> We are creating, we're actually creating our own HBCU for those we, who We literally are creating our own HBCU, but this is not a debate between are you an introvert or whether you're an extrovert, which is what I meant <clears throat> when I said an outrovert. What I'm meaning is that you still have to build relationships regardless of how you finesse what you do in this life, you know? So there is strength in the numbers belonging to community. And I'm just going to put this out there because this is HBCU and healing brown communities, uh, circulating our dollars in our community. I'm going to put that out there. Um, and McCall knows I have this uh, quote, you know, and I don't have, I'm not like, oh, I'm a big rapper, this, that, and the third, but I always kind of chuckle at this line that um, Jay-Z talks about how he would never, you know, not drink a drink from his friend. Like, why would I drink this stuff over here when I know good and well that my boy right here already is doing it. And so when you have opportunity to um, support those whom you know, and to keep our dollars in our community, believe me, as a business owner, that's going to help us not only to sustain as a business, but it's going to help us to help others. And so I think that's just a biggie for me. I don't know, Macau, if you had just some um, few wrap up things here in terms of uh, opening up the market and, you know, with our folks. Well, absolutely. Real quick, guys, I just want to say, you know, we're going to stay in the Jay-Z lane because um, Akima knows one of my favorite lines, and Jay-Z's not particularly my favorite rapper. I like Jay-Z, but, you know, I'd like to take tidbits. I like to take good talking points, even when I'm listening to music. Jay-Z had a line that he dropped in 2001 on his blueprint, his first blueprint project, 
and he was just talking about how he transitioned from a rapper into a business mogul. And he said, I smartened up. I opened my market up. And the point I'm going to leave with you guys is to not be a one trick pony. And I think as black and brown citizens of this planet, we have been historically clumped and almost navigated towards being one trick ponies. Even when we go to an HBCU that we were just talking about, just think about how concentrated your major is. You know, you almost have to make a decision. What are you, you going to study this or you going to study that? Because that's going to guide, quote unquote, the rest of your life. And, you know, we really, in healing ourselves and developing that financial floor and the economic floor that we'll go into on a future episode that Akima was saying earlier, you want to not be, I'm sorry, not become, but you don't want to be a one-trick pony. You want to give yourself multiple avenues. And the reason that you're going to do that, and what I took from Jay-Z saying that, is that when he started selling t-shirts, um, you know, he's, they've got, granted, I'm not promoting alcohol on, on this show at all, but, you know, that's just a different avenue at Rockefeller Records that they started selling different products outside of rap music. Mm -hmm. And that helped catapult them literally from probably an $8 million company to an $80 million company almost in the span of two years. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely um, be flexible, guys. And I think... Um, I think this is such a rich topic. So just be on the lookout. We're going to definitely do some future episodes talking about this entrepreneur thing. One, because we're continuing to grow and evolve as business owners. And I think the conversation needs to happen so that we can help other people. With that said, um, we're so grateful that you took a few moments of your time today to listen to another episode of HBCU, where we are Always. here. Yeah, where we are here helping everyone to reach to their highest potential. Again, this is Akima. And this is Macau. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Not doing this here to insult you. Want you to see he's a god of culture. The same god that made this variety at Babel. Now lives inside of me. I did this song here to invoke you all to see that he is a god of culture. The same god that made this variety at Babel. Now lives inside of me. Not doing this here to insult you. Want you to see he's a god of culture. The same god that made this variety at Babel. Now lives inside of me. I did this song here to invoke you all to see that he is a god of culture. The same god that made this variety at Babel. Now lives inside of me.